Hello everyone. I hope you are doing well. We are back with another episode of Blitz Business. I hope you will enjoy this podcast. Today with me cast I have Arun uh from Pandila. So uh Arun over to you. Uh before we get started really want to uh, know a little bit about yourself. Hi uh, Ashish uh, thanks for having me on the show um, my name is Arun Chitlapalli and I'm 43 years old uh, I'm the managing director of Wanderla Holidays uh, been associated with the amusement park industry since um since 2002 uh, this company was incorporated in 2003 uh, soon after I had finished my studies I have a background in industrial engineering. I did my masters in engineering from uh, Swinburne University Australia and I specialized in uh, uh, facilities design and industrial engineering. Uh before that I was in MS Ramaya Bangalore. I did my bachelor's there. And before that I was in Bhavans Vidya Mandir Almakara which is in Cochin which is where I grew up. So I did my schooling in Bangalore uh, sorry in Cochin Uh, and then uh, undergrad in bangalore and then masters in australia so that's a bit of my uh, educational background uh, i come from an entrepreneurial family my dad is a pretty well known entrepreneur uh, his name is pokhyasut chitrapalli is um, we have companies in various diverse fields from electrical manufacturing that company is not vigard industries uh, then we have wanderla holidays which is uh, Uh, which is in the amusement park business, and then we have another company called V Star Industries, which is in garments exporting, yes, and sir. then we have another company called Vega Land Developers, which is um, budget housing for yes, the Kerala market. So, so yeah, as you can see, uh, you know, all of us are entrepreneurs in some. That's what yeah. we've been, you know, uh, taught as a from a very young age. Um, so, yes, kudos to my parents for inculcating that, uh, you know. and my brother both of us uh, run our own company absolutely now. yeah so that's a bit of my Ab- background Oh no, that's fantastic! And if I can add two things, so um, absolutely huge fan of your dad. I mean, I have been following his YouTube videos, and I think there were a couple of vlogs he uploaded. Uh, mm-hmm. So I've been seeing for some time now. And uh, mm-hmm. in terms of Cochin, uh, uh, it's one of my favorite cities. You know, whenever we travel, so it's always a pleasure to visit. But due to um, the lockdown, pandemic, COVID, we couldn't visit. Uh, but it's always my favorite go-to city. I don't know the vibe and everything. It's just um, very calming. Uh, so I'm based out of in yeah. Delhi, so it, it's very different, you know. So I I seek out that peace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So I mean, Kerala couldn't be any more different from Delhi, right? So it's surrounded by all forms of water bodies, and you know, like from Cochin, if you travel one hour, you can go to the beach. One hour, yes. you can go to the hills. One hour, you can go to waterfalls, rivers. I mean, you just name it; it's all there within a one hour drive. So it's a very special place. Yeah. And recently, um, I did a podcast. So it was a, a food chain uh, who specializes in Kerala, uh, Kerala cuisine, parotta, and everything in Delhi. Right. So my bias oh. can be seen in these <laughs> podcasts <laughs> very much. Yes, yes. Yeah, the food is also very special in Kerala, as you as you rightly said. It's, you know, it's a very so we have this influence of uh, you know the Malabar Muslim influence. Then there is the Christian influence, and then there is the Uh, the hindu influence so all put together mm. you know there is a huge variety of food 
you know every district in kerala has its own i mean which i, I suppose it's the same everywhere in the, in the country mm-hmm. but it's a little more pronounced i think kerala has its own very different very distinct uh, influence in its food also so mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, apparently kerala is known to have the best breakfast in the world so really there you go Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah so i read that somewhere that it's supposed kerala is supposed to have one of the best breakfast uh, in the world because of the just sheer variety of you know food that is on available in the cuisine yeah oh wow i'm definitely i look forward to yeah. that now yeah <laughs> great uh, so great. arun so uh, tell us you know it it sounds really um, exciting um um to run an amusement park and resort like from your perspective we want to understand like what are the let's start with you know what's the most exciting piece about your job in the world mm-hmm. what is it that motivates you every day uh, you know and do you get to take rides every day or every week <laughs> that's a very interesting question so the i think for me the most exciting part of uh you know running an amusement park companies just to see uh, what we have built every day when we go there and just see the you know this imaginary world that we have built and then j- and then to see people enjoying it and you know all the screams and laughter and all the fast movement and roller coasters and it's just a very um, i don't know it's a very satisfying uh, line of work is what i would think uh, you know this is a place where you can literally see people having a good time in your you know whatever you have created so i think it's a very deeply satisfying uh, kind of uh, job and uh, you know i also always feel that people should always have time to you know unwind and just enjoy life with their loved ones and friends or family or whatever it is right so and this is a place that enables that to happen so so in that sense i really feel uh, lucky Mm-hmm. uh i think that's the word i would use uh, just to be able to see that uh, coming you know and people just enjoying it over uh, you know every day we uh, welcome thousands of visitors who come more, and kids are the most excited by you know amusement parks because they get to act like monkeys there and you know, just go <laughs> crazy so it's just a fun place and you know it's just and it's a very uh, contagious exciting um, outdoor you are also in amidst nature and trees and you know so that's the whole uh, thing i mean that's what i feel as mm-hmm. the most satisfying part of my my job and and from your experience from the last 5 10 years uh, i think more than that you have been running it so how mm-hmm. have you seen the landscape sort of shift on you know what sort of challenges you know you have seen during your tenure uh, coming up mm-hmm. uh, uh, while running Uh, an amusement park yeah yeah mm-hmm. um so when we started out this idea came through my dad um, and he is the one who got got us into this business uh, in a very small way in 2000 actually we started our first park in cochin under a different name it was called vigaland that time and then he started this park and which was essentially a very small water park mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, it was very small compared to what we run today and uh, it didn't really have too many rides it just had like a few water slides it had a wave pool and it had a uh, you know just a couple of merry go round kind of stuff and that's it and that was all we had and uh, you know and uh, i think so the uh, i think when we opened this park in cochin in 2000 i think people didn't even know what an amusement park was right you know that is the whole uh, 
very few people had traveled abroad and very few people knew what an amusement park is and very few people further even knew what to do in an amusement park right so we used to get questions like what do we do here like what is is there uh, and people didn't know that the, you know people needed to have a dress code to get into the water park so i think initial struggles for us was always um, trying to educate people to kind of figure out what an amusement park is and whether how how do you enjoy in it and how is it safe and um, you know how do you enjoy the rides and so that is the whole initial trouble for us uh, when we opened it was obviously uh, very successful for us in the first few years itself we knew that you know people there was a demand for something like this uh, you know we consider this uh, some form of social infrastructure right like it, this is an area where people come in like i said enjoy and spend a memorable day together it's a social infrastructure like a restaurant or a um, you know like a resort these are all basic infrastructure that is needed in a city or mm-hmm. in, in a country right for people to enjoy so we are we come in that category so uh, but we are also still nascent in the country even today i feel like you know a lot of people a lot of cities don't have big amusement parks and especially in india it's still uh, it's still a growing industry not uh, you can't think of many cities which have amusement parks around it um so those were the initial challenges just to get people to even consider us as an option for an outing right and then uh, we had to change behavior uh, in terms of uh, people should be okay with dress code and wearing you know lycra shorts and t-shirts and getting into the water as against uh, you know we are a conservative society right and so people especially women don't want to wear t-shirts and shorts into the water park so we had a lot of issues there um and then obviously uh, maintaining safety and hygiene uh, you, you are you know how people are in india right we can be we are very famous for so uh, modifying people's behavior and mm-hmm. making sure that they find an amusement park as a alternative to say going to the beach or going out for a movie so that was our initial challenge and then modifying that behavior and we used to actually had to tell people don't litter and don't throw things and don't dirty the don't don't dirty the water make sure you wear your correct costume in the water in the pools and just etiquette like that and so those were the initial challenges i i would say and uh, and then once we realized that this could be a, a lucrative business uh, for us to you know expand into and you know large larger parks and then that became the vision and then building new parks and we came to bangalore and built a new park so so that time i think our challenges were slightly different and that was more like then how do we bring the next big thing to india and and how do we uh, you know get more and more ri- exciting rides and experiences for our guests right um, mm-hmm. how do we uh, bring what kind of uh, experiences are people open to in india so initially then we were scared to bring these big rides like roller coasters because <laughs> we felt like that people were not ready for those kind of thrills you know and uh, it took us a while to uh, think about uh, rides and and then the other problem was we we charge uh, relatively low um, fares in india compared to an amusement park abroad right Uh, for mm-hmm. example uh, our vandala park today charges about uh, 1000 to 1200 rupees that's uh, roughly the roughly the ticket price uh, when we started out we started out with about 200 or 300 that's a, that was our ticket price uh, 18 years mm-hmm. back and uh, yeah so even but 200 to 300 rupees was considered expensive those days 
for an oh, outing wow. when you could actually watch a tv uh, sorry you could watch a movie uh, in a mm-hmm. film movie theater for about uh, you know less than 100 rupees it was i think mm. 30 rupees or something those days oh so then to spend 200 rupees on an amusement park was you know considered expensive so then so those kind of challenges i would say as our initial challenges but as we know i think people we figured out that people look at this as a viable way of uh, you know spending a day a day outing from a city and mm-hmm. uh, consequently yeah so now we have three parks uh, in cochin bangalore hyderabad we are on our way building our fourth park in chennai and a fifth one in bhubaneswar so that's where we are at right now so anytime um, you plan to course, come close to north or no yeah yeah i mean obviously we've been uh, looking at uh, parks doing parks in delhi and also mm-hmm. uh, bombay is another city that we really want to go to we're also mm-hmm. looking at maybe jaipur and uh, ahmedabad gujarat mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. indore is another interesting place that we are looking at uh, the, uh, then i mean of course um, the, we have a lot of plans we feel like Uh, like i said amusement parks are not there in lot lot of our taiwan and tai two cities right so uh, something that we are looking to is expand into new geographies uh, they are also looking at a slightly more asset light model where we you know we partner with a local partner and set up smaller mm-hmm. parks and so so yeah so there is a lot of excitement in this sector <laughs> as we speak yeah so i can share one instance i remember very specifically so um, I, i've been to one of these humongous roller coaster rides and that mm-hmm. was the day i realized i am never going again <laughs> uh, mm. it was very scary for me uh, uh, so how do you how do you, do you how do you guys like do you guys have such big roller coaster rides do you plan to bring uh, into the indian market these yeah. sort of rides yeah so wonderla currently yeah our parks currently have large when we have large roller coasters right now from a consumer perspective right i i get really scared from uh, from the safety mm. viewpoint so how do you make sure all the safety measures are there or what are, what what goes around to make sure you know all the safety mm. protocols are being followed in such so i think uh, for a yeah for a for an amusement park i think safety is one of the pillars um for a successful operation of an amusement park mm. safety is a very important part of running an amusement park right because mm-hmm. what essentially we are doing in an amusement park is putting people on machines all different kinds of machines and slides and tubes so these are all mechanical you know machi- machine parts and things like that so there is a lot of uh, maintenance and care that is required so that you know it correct works correctly and you know there is no issue and there is no chance for people to get injured or hurt and things like that and you know we want everything to work as as it should for example like a car right like if you you know when you use a car you don't take it to the workshop every day but you every there Correct. are times when certain things are need needed to be replaced and changed and if you don't do that and if you keep uh, piling that on is when you have trouble and the car breaks down and then you have issues or you could have accidents where the car is in perfect uh, working condition and the guy who's driving it or somebody else who's coming and hitting on so similar kind of thing that is usually what happens in an amusement park so uh, our goal always would be to try and minimize those kind of risks make sure that we are people are well trained we have the right equipment the machines are ma- maintained correctly 
you know there are there is sufficient knowledge in the system um, you know how to maintain and repair rides spare parts things like that so i mean it's a system that we need to uh, we need to uh, have and that mm-hmm. that system has to be continuously upgraded and updated and uh, with the latest uh, learnings that we have so that we can have, have the safest possible experience for our guests so that's the philosophy that we follow and that has really helped us i think um, to have a good reputation in all the markets that we um, that we operate in and we actually have very high um, standards that we follow uh, for safety and we are also um, uh, certified by you know osha certification operators and guest health and safety certifications mm-hmm. from various organizations all over the world that's you know just to have a, a best practices view on what are the you know what are the best practices when operating a ride let's say and uh, so we try to follow that and that's what we do sure and from industry perspective um uh, do you guys procure these rides from internationally or how does it work uh... so um, we do both we uh, buy rides uh, from international well reputed suppliers uh, then we also make some of the rides uh, for example uh, some of the less complicated or something simpler machines like uh, you know maybe some water slides or some simpler machinery we do make in house we have uh, so that's again a usp of wandala we is one of we are one of the few companies which are, have that facility and we have that capability of um, designing and building and operating our own rides so and in fact we even have a couple of patents for some of the rides that we have developed all over the years mm-hmm. so um, you know that's something that we we are very proud of that we are able to build uh, some of our own machines and operate them and they work as well alongside the best machines for which come from europe and uh, yeah so that's uh, so it's a mix of uh, imported machinery and some of the rides that we make ourselves so that is the kind of mix we have and how do you uh, identify you know these are the rides mm-hmm. which you want to introduce or these are the rides you may want to remove i mean how does that thought mm-hmm. process work in terms of identifying what new needs to be uh, brought into the parks or removed added mm-hmm. so what's the thought so i so we have uh, broadly three four categories of rides one is rides for kids kiddies rides mm-hmm. then we have rides which are for the whole family which are not high thrill but they are just there for for the whole family like you know like a maybe like a flume ride or just uh, like a merry go round or just like a very small train or you know something like that or maybe some water slides so then we have the category of rides called high thrill rides where uh, you know these are like the roller coasters and drops and uh, vertical falls and where this high g forces are involved and uh, you know those are the tricky ones but what we have realized is a lot of people don't like to go on these high thrill rides but mm-hmm. everybody likes to take pictures of it and stand next to it and pose and take a picture and all that so i would say uh, only 30% or 40% of our clientele use all these high thrill rides mm-hmm. uh, but they are our marquee rides also in a sense you know like so our our roller coaster which is called recoil you can google it and you can check it out on instagram it's so only roller coaster of its time which does uh, which kind of goes on the same track twice once in a forward and it does all the loops and upside down and all and goes up another hill and then comes the whole whole way reverse so mm-hmm. it's a special kind of roller coaster so yeah so there are a lot of different types of 
thrill rides that you can get and so we had to um, you know figure out what is good for us and then mix and match according to what we feel is the demand so we do a lot of surveys and testing to you know just to understand what people really like and then accordingly we tweak our offerings and so of these... course uh, as the time goes by we or mm-hmm. some of the rides become obsolete or we have to scrap right. them or we, we get new ones yeah it's a continuous process so these high thrill rides are basically you know uh, the core attraction i mean could be in terms of differentiation uh, which sort of attracts people it it might not be mm. the case they might want to try it all but it's definitely it's like an anchor mm. or uh, you know it attracts a lot of footfall can i say yeah, okay. yeah yeah that is true yeah so i think uh, but a lot of people uh, you'd be surprised they have uh, the water park is very popular and a lot of people don't even bother going to all these uh, high thrill land rides they just go straight to the water so i think it depends on what what is your uh, interest you know mm-hmm. um that's the way i look at it and so uh, uh, moving forward so how does mm-hmm. the pandemic covid sort of uh, impacted your business because um, i mean interactions uh, mm. have become minimal and mm. uh, you know so how did you guys uh, dealt with it or what are your plans moving forward uh, you know and mm. now that there is a talk of omicron omicron or whatever else mm. so what's your strategy in terms of what has happened and how do you plan to move ahead during yeah, this uncertainty yeah. yeah so i think covid was obviously uh, struck all of us uh, out of the blue we i mean as a company we have never really shut our amusement parks ever before unless there was a hartal or a band or something right uh, so here we are and suddenly in march 2020 we are asked to shut down and we don't even know when we are going to reopen again we were completely mm. out of revenue and no business for months together Mm-hmm. so the only thing that we could do initially at least was to make sure that you know we assured our staff saying that you know we are okay we are financially okay so we can you know we are not going to go under and things like that uh, but we had to you know rein in our costs a lot so we had to uh, request everyone to take a voluntary salary cuts which i think mm-hmm. most of us did and so there was no uh, you know i think um, hats off to my team for you know being very nimble and agile so that we could do a lot of cost cost saving initiatives uh, starting with salary cuts then uh, inventory uh, making sure i optimize our inventory maintenance uh, making sure you know the skeletal staff who was there every day in the park even if the rides are not working just to make sure that everything is maintained properly so there's a lot of things that we needed to do to make sure that we were able to bring our costs down substantially but at the mm-hmm. same time you know uh, make sure that things don't ru- go into ruin or you know that we are not able to uh, it should not come be- become in such a way that we when we try to reopen our costs become very high also right so mm-hmm. we have to f- strike that right balance of maintaining all the rides but at the same time you know keeping a very tight uh, grip on our costs that we could survive the pandemic and that is what has really helped us uh, if you look at um, a lot of our competitors unfortunately have not had the same um, uh, luck i think some of them have been you know impacted by the covid and some of them have gone bankrupt even before covid i think uh, but the point is i mean it has been a very hard time for the industry as such in the country and we have at least four or five bankruptcies in the industry and uh, but luckily wonderla as a company is financially been very strong um and uh, we've been able to uh, you know overcome the pandemic uh, to an extent 
yeah so i think um, wanderla has been um, relatively lucky i would say um, as a company because one is we had uh, decent uh, cash reserves before we were going into the pandemic we had actually kept those reserves for our next project in chennai uh but uh, unfortunately we, i mean obviously we couldn't start work on a new project during the pandemic so all those plans have you know had to be put on hold but because of the cash reserves we were able to you know pay some salaries and make sure that the company was functioning properly so that happened for a few months as you know uh, from march till about uh, october all the parks were shut all three of the parks but i think around october we found that uh, i think september october is when i think all the government slowly started reopening the parks and uh, you know the cities and so we were also allowed to reopen and uh, what we found is when we reopened our parks uh, we were getting good footfalls one big change that we have done as a company in, during through the pandemic is we uh, we now rely mostly on digital marketing as against traditional marketing which we used to do before so most of our uh, marketing spends are now on the digital platforms you know google and facebook and um, you know all that uh, we use all that much more effectively now and uh, uh, we take a lot of online booking so um, what we have realized is the visitor profile also is slightly different we, people are uh, so by the time we reopened the parks we realized there was this whole uh, phenomenon of revenge travel or revenge tourism where people were you know so cooped up in their own homes for months together that they were really wanted to go out and have a good time so mm-hmm. so we came in that whole space uh, luckily for us and we are also an outdoor space i think outdoor spaces generally seem to have preference uh, you know you can see in uh, cities like bangalore the outdoor breweries and uh, pubs are also doing much better than the indoor smaller ones so uh, luckily that has helped us um, so there is a Uh, concerted uh, trend where people want to sit sit out go out but at the same time be in an outdoor space as against being in an indoor space so that that helped us a lot so what we are seeing now is um, now we have finished the second wave again during the second wave we were shut for a few months but then we reopened again and again we got good footfalls so when we are open we are getting very healthy footfalls people are wanting to come out then of course when there is a wave and there is uh, fear uh, then people don't come out that's that is what we have seen uh, but i think people are be- becoming more and more resilient to the virus as you may know even with the omicron i don't see deaths and hospitalizations going up uh, like before so the virus seems to be getting milder and less dangerous as we are going through mm-hmm. it and uh, i think we are hoping that uh, with the omicron probably is the last one and then whatever happens after that will be you know like a flu or whatever without the the casualties that uh, covid used to have before so that's the hope and then we are also much more nimble and agile and we are also more digitally present and savvy in terms of our all our marketing and customer experience a lot of things uh, we have done in the last two years um you know in the digital domain to make sure that uh, you know we get the right feedback from customers we are able to sell our tickets online uh, and we are flexible uh, you know if somebody has an issue or they don't want to come it should be easy for them to refund the tickets and you know so we're trying to make some of those customer uh, pain points go away and uh, you know try to improve ourselves uh, and come back uh, stronger and that, that's what we've been focusing on 
And from your perspective, Arun, have you seen, uh, you mentioned you shifted towards digital marketing. So mm-hmm. um, is it better speaking traditionally the way you were doing marketing or is it due to the need of the hour you shifted towards digital marketing? I mean, in terms mm-hmm. of ROI effectiveness, do you see digital marketing is the front you will continue to spend more on? Yeah, so I think we have... Uh... We had to kind of change the way we work in a sense because we were so used to doing traditional media and traditional marketing and TV and print and all that. Mm -hmm. So, but what we have realized now is one is our target audience is very young. So mostly kids who are in the 8 to 18 is our primary target audience. So most of these people are anyway digitally native, if you can see, if you can say that. I think all the kids in that age group are definitely use digital media or or news or entertainment so that's what we found that we are definitely heart right in the heart of uh, the digital uh, very digitally savvy kind of target customer base is what we need to be Mm -hmm. so what we did was we you know obviously focus a lot on our uh, website or social pages uh, all our uh, reviews we closely track all the reviews that we get online, offline, everything, which we've been doing even from back in the day. Uh, we actually had a very high rankings on TripAdvisor for many, many years. We've been one of the top ranked uh, amusement parks in Asia and the world uh, for TripAdvisor. So we do track that. But of course, there is a lot more focus on that now. We have a team looking into that. Um, our online bookings have gone through the roof uh, Pre-pandemic, our online bookings were only about 10 to 15% of our total sales. But post-pandemic, our online ticketing and sales is almost 50% of our total sales. So that's the huge change, shift that has happened. You think this trend will continue? Yeah. Definitely, it's going to continue. I think so. And we've also moved away from having paper tickets to paperless QR code-based tickets. And so a lot of that kind of back-end work also we have done to make the whole process a little more streamlined. Uh, And uh, like you asked me about a return on investment on marketing has improved substantially, I think, for us, uh, especially after the move to digital marketing, because I think every dollar you spend online, there is a lot more accountability to it and how uh, I think it's it's much easier to track how effective that spend is and whether it's really uh, working and not working, how to tweak uh, creatives and... All that. So I think we've done the whole um, shift and I think it it just worked really well for us. Mm -hmm. And from looking, Arun, from looking from the perspective of uh, in terms of scaling up and growth, you mentioned you want to open up more uh, uh, Mm. parks in North, etc. And you want to be in more sort of uh, asset light model. So Mm -hmm. from your perspective, do you plan to raise more capital for it uh, for the sort of expansion that's point one and in terms of if not uh, what are your uh, approaches you know do you want to continue with your current sort of balance sheet and expand from that front how do you Mm. plan to growth this expansion i mean so growth will definitely we'll have to invest more money so we are looking at investing in new projects we are also investing Mm. looking at uh, also diversifying our portfolio a little bit and having uh, how do we, uh, you know, how do we connect with our customer even when they don't come to the amusement park? Can we do a digital version of it? Can we be digitally present in people's lives, uh, not just being 
not just the day that you come to a wanderla park like how much more can we be relevant in people's lives so these are the questions that we are asking ourselves in terms of um, mm-hmm. you know preparing ourselves for the future and being more digitally ready uh, readily available for our customers um yeah so i think a lot of this digital shift that has happened is going to stay i don't think it's going to come back to uh, how it was i think and these shifts you're seeing across the world also right like uh, decline of uh, traditional media and the rise of digital media and uh, accountability in marketing spends and uh, moment marketing and you know people's attention spans have gone down drastically in the last 4 5 years um earlier if you could make a one minute commercial now nobody will listen to nobody will watch a one minute <laughs> commercial anymore right nobody wants to watch a commercial anymore so so those kind of changes are here to stay i don't think it's going to go back um and uh, going to uh, how do we going to fund our future expansion i think we have like i said we are we have a pretty strong balance sheet we can mm-hmm. uh, manage a lot of our expansion uh, through internal mm-hmm. funds wherever required we obviously we are open to taking debt on or uh, maybe even equity because we are already a listed company um so all these uh, avenues are available to us um, but mm-hmm. as it stands we i think we will be able to manage with a mix of debt uh, internal accruals and uh, debt mm-hmm. so that is the plan mm-hmm. yes. each of our uh, one more just to add to that i mean each of our parks roughly cost about larger parks cost between 300 to 400 crores and our smaller parks like uh, orissa will cost about 100 to 120 crores so so that's the kind mm-hmm. of size that we are looking at in terms of investment um and also for our digital initiatives or digital transformation we are actually uh, bolstering our team internally also uh, in fact we have just uh, hiring a new cio level candidate to head a lot of these kind of digital transformations that we want to do uh, so yeah so it's going to be a very exciting uh, time for us i think in the next 5 years we will see even more digital adaptation of mm-hmm. uh, entertainment which you you're already aware of um but yeah so how to how to be relevant in those kind of times i mean i still feel uh, human beings are social animals and some of these social aspects cannot be cannot be replaced by digital uh, it can i mean maybe to a large extent you can but you will still need to want to meet your friends and family and go crazy and you know all that your travel so we come in that holiday slash tourism sector right um that is going to grow is what i feel because people do value their time their free time more than they used to maybe 15 20 years ago right uh, people do make plans they want to make sure that they enjoy their life also uh, not just only work and looking at uh, saving money and we've go- gone from a saving mentality to a consumer this kind of mentality i think in the country so yeah so that's the way that's the way i see it yeah and uh, any your uh, arun final two cents uh, uh, your learnings uh, from running this business uh, which you want to share with our listeners so i think uh, like i said entertainment and leisure slash tourism industry is only going to grow and uh, how it's going to evolve i mean it's it's anybody's guess but i definitely i mean we could have not evolved where would have reached in 2020 maybe 20 years back right i mean the way people look at uh, outings and staycations and all the new trends instagram travel insta travel all these things i mean you could have not imagined it 20 years back right mm-hmm. so i think uh, 
definitely there is going to be peer pressure for people to have a good time that is mm. a given so that's mm. why you seeing the you know the whole uh, people are uh, even any, any food that you order in any pub or a restaurant everything looks more fancy now than it did 10 years back right because we are Absolutely. also looking at uh, we are also looking at capturing that moment and sharing it with other people not just eating the food so mm. so that whole uh, revolution is still happening i think in the whole travel and tourism entertainment space so you can see more of that happening i think people are going to be um i think the you know things should be more shareable and social the social currency of entertainment or social currency of leisure time and what you do with your friends and family that that is going to go up so people will want to spend more and more time it will probably get a little more premium Mm-hmm. to to be able to afford holidays and um, you know vacations as we i mean everything is getting more and more expensive um nothing is getting cheaper right uh, so definitely i think the premium premiumization of holidays uh, will also happen but at the same time more and more people will be more aware also of like for example people are more aware of amusement parks today or uh, leisure today uh, than they were 15 20 years ago um and and this is across all uh, all walks of life all income levels all age groups people want to do that so i think it's going to be a very exciting time in that uh, you know the the, the whole uh, marriage of uh, technology with entertainment with leisure and thrill i think it's going to be very very exciting you can also see a lot more uh, 3d and uh, holographic uh, kind of attractions coming into all these parks and i think it's uh, technology is going to play a huge role i think in 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 the future of this industry and uh, it's only going to get better from here is what i feel um but i can't predict what exactly is going to happen but i think people uh, will definitely spend uh, make more time for entertainment more uh, more time to have a good time for sure that's my feeling and uh, any your uh, arun final two cents uh, uh, your learnings uh, from running this business uh, mm. which you want to share with our listeners learning from business yeah so learning from business i think it's been i think you need to look after your people so this is my uh, mm. you know two cents to anybody who wants to get into uh, business i think you need to have a great team in place that's your i think make sure you have the right um, people and uh, how to motivate them making sure you you your uh, team is uh, it's everything right you know you can't even if you're an entrepreneur you don't exist without your team and i think your Absolutely. team is very crucial mm-hmm. uh, making sure you have the right talent inside and uh, always looking to learn what is going the next big thing and i think that's mm-hmm. an important thing don't get complacent in your uh, success uh, i think uh, covid has taught all of us that right <laughs> successful company Mm. Uh, there is no i mean that doesn't prevent change from happening and mm. uh, always try to be nimble uh, receptive to change uh, take care of your employees your people that is your biggest asset uh, nurture them help them grow help them learn new things uh, let them make more and more decisions and you you should be like a gardener in a garden let everything grow and you should as an entrepreneur your job is to make sure that the garden grows and uh, not actually mm-hmm. do the gardening right <laughs> um so mm-hmm. i think that is my two cents to everybody yes i think that's very well said uh, and the analogy in terms of uh, letting things grow 
the garden analogy um, uh, thank you so much arun for your time i think it was pleasure hearing you your thoughts and how this entire uh, industry and segment is evolving and how technology will be playing an important role in this so we're very excited to hear and know about it uh, so again thank you so much for your time thank you thank you so much Thank you for listening. We will be back with another episode of Blitz Business. Stay tuned.